on this episode of menstruation. And women, on average, don't do that. They're not held to account. You're given a pass. It's brushed aside. It's passe. That's not equality. That's not fair. And so a lot of us have dismissed the notion of women's equality, women's rights, feminism, because it's hypocritical. Not because on the surface it's baseless, that it's ridiculous, that it's unnecessary. Most men don't disagree with a lot of the base points. If you want to be in these top player positions, you can do that. Most of us don't have an issue with that. Most of us don't care either way, truly. All we ask is that you don't disrupt our world. It was a brick by brick and a stone by stone. Rome wasn't built in a day. It wasn't done alone. See, the spirit is the merit and the mind is the home. It takes a whole village to get a child out this home. Yes, to be a great man without good instructions. A surefire way to lead a life of destruction. Let's be honest, sit down and tune in. Put an hour of your life into some instruction. Greetings, 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 and salutations, my beautiful souls and spirits. Coming through your airwaves right now is Black Velvet, and this is Menstruction, the place that provides you with the beneficial bricks to fortify the structure that is you, Incorporated. Can I get an amen? Amen. Welcome back, welcome back to another week, another episode of Menstruction. Let's get right into it. I don't even have anything to say before we get into it. I want to jump in and get after this conversation today. This episode is going to be the next episode in the mini-series that I'm calling The Grass Always Looks Greener to the One Who Doesn't Garden. The series to address the hypocrisies of both young men and women when it comes to this modern gender debate. Because here's the thing they just don't understand. Both sides of the issue are transgendered. You just gotta switch the pronouns. In the last episode, I detailed that the basis of instruction is, in part, spawned from my long-held perception of the identity and culture of young men being in crisis. With that perception came an onus placed on those same men, specifically from the older generations, as well as the developing young men of today, to rectify these downfalls and shortcomings. In the episode, I addressed some causes for this inflection point in masculinity with an emphasis put on male bad actors and unaccountability. Since that recording, I have realized that that representation of the situation is not the most balanced or fair. By presenting these challenges that way, I have done a... I've done a disservice by absolving a major part of the difficulties and challenges to our progress as great future men. Let me make this point very clear. The impasse that we are facing is multifaceted with complex consequences in several different parts of our lives from society to culture to politics. The purpose of the platform, of this platform, is to engage in as many of those points with constructive conversation. With and from the very men battling those issues and devise substantive resolutions for the days ahead. 
With that clarification, I must acknowledge the bigger threat that was aforementioned, and that is unaccountability, specifically on the part of young women. My proposition that the complacency, dishonesty, and lack of accountability within the ranks of men being the most significant catalyst in this crisis was misplaced. The perceived objectivity of modern men is in many ways a direct response to the ignominious, reprehensible glorification of women's character. A lionization that has led to a perception of superiority and infallibility. And it's that facade of faultlessness that I want to discuss today. It really is something that I think more people need to acknowledge. And I also think it's something that it's one of the few positives that I think has been spawned out of the Manosphere Red Spill space. I credit them. I credit those in that space who are actually bringing that reality to light, who are bringing this issue to the forefront and who also bring some levels of nuance to the conversation as well. It really needs to be the presentation of the issue and you have to allow the listener to create their own interpretation of the situation. But let's go back. I have long seen and maybe understood on a subconscious level how young girls and young boys clearly are raised differently. The expectations set upon them are different to a degree. There's some merit to some of that. But then when it gets down to the portions that have to do with developing character or socialization, there are some differences that arise and that are supported that don't need to be and shouldn't be. And it leads to young men and women having very different unattainable expectations of the other. I think a good example of this, when we consider the little princess concept, you know, on the surface, that seems like something that's really sweet, cute, fairly innocent. But if we really think about the concept behind royalty, the reverence that those individuals receive because of the responsibility behind their positions. Because in a monarchy like that, if we're talking about the absolute monarchies, then their power was derived from God. They had that, that mandate. And so as the people, they looked up to these royal families as people who could do no wrong, right? Because in the eyes of God, how could you do any wrong? That's where you're deriving your power and your direction from. And so by continuing that essence and still using the moniker of princess, on a subconscious level, there's still parts of that high reverence, this lionization that you can do no wrong. You are an infallible figure. You are perfect to the point that one might be so perfect in the eyes of the Lord, if that's where you're deriving your power from. And see, in a modern context, that's just not realistic. As a human being, whether male or female, you're going to be improper sometimes you're going to be unwhole you're going to come up short you're going to miss some things you're going to misinterpret things and it's supposed to be that way that's part of developing that's part of growing that's part of reaching new heights 
for yourself. So to present to young women at a very, very early age, whether intentionally or not, is disingenuous. To put that expectation in a child's mind is something that they're going to take with them. And this is just a side note. I don't know how many parents realize sometimes how much of a sponge a child's mind is. And anyone who's ever had younger siblings and they're around, especially if you're an older sibling and you get to talking your shit, you say some things that you shouldn't say or you're telling somebody else's secrets. Suddenly, that information that you finished saying a few minutes ago is out in the atmosphere. You know. You know firsthand just how much they absorb. And it's immediate. I mean, it is. And that's what it is for male and female children. That, that's just what it is. So when you continue to offer and present to a little girl that. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. But <laughs> when you present to her that you are as high and as necessary as the sunlight. You are as necessary to this world and are perfectly unflawed as the ultraviolet rays from the sun. You think that that doesn't sink in? You think there isn't a point in time where that becomes her reality? However warped and debased it is, that's what she's going to believe. And especially, and this tends to be the case, if that message comes from a father figure. A man. Because then the challenge becomes, as a man, now you can't step up and offer that critique and that correction. You can't step up and now try to tell somebody about themselves because they're basing their perception of themselves, that self-identity. She is basing her self-identity off of the words of a man, a man that she holds in higher regard and has more respect for than you. A man who has, from the beginning of her life, left an imprint on her character. No other man will measure up in comparison. And so even though it may very much so be for constructive purposes, not even just because I don't like what you're doing and I want you to change because I'm courting you or I'm trying to approach you in some way or we have any kind of a personal relationship, maybe it's just because I genuinely care to see you do better and be better and so i want to offer you this critique or depending on the connection it might even be something where i want to offer you direction you know i see that there's some potential there but you just need someone to help you groom it and so to try to offer that it falls to the wayside it it, it lands on deaf ears because she's heard her entire life up until that point that you can do no wrong you are an infallible figure because and simply because you are a female type humanoid and here's the first distinction that i want to make with that on the surface even that isn't necessarily destructive because I would go out on a limb and say that any person, again, male or female, would wants to be cherished and you want to be appreciated in your own way. Now, men and women like to be appreciated in different ways, but you want to feel wanted. You want to feel important. If the princess concept is what that looks like for women on the surface, I don't think that that is necessarily a problem. 
It becomes an issue when the nuance to the situation is not presented. That you can have that reverence. You can be appreciated that way. You can be revered and desired in that light. But there are things you have to do to enjoy that. In other words, there are there's a certain type of character you have to develop to merit that being the case. Merit is a big portion that's left out of the conversation for most women. It's not a meritocracy for them. It's not a meritocracy at all. And the merit portion is left out for a young man. For a boy, it is established very early that your value, your assessment as a man is going to be meritorious, a value that is derived in some way from something that you've developed and that you can provide. I think the earliest form of that that you see is when boys try to get into sports and you start, it's established just from how these games are structured and the rule sets and the way rewards are given in the whole process that your merit is what is going to determine how valuable you are to the team. If it's football and you're a quarterback, it's going to be about strength, agility. How fast can you run? Who can you plow through? How well can you shake your opponents? So on and so forth. And so we're put it, we're pushed into things. Cautiously, I use the term pushed. But we're presented with situations and encouraged to get into situations that establish that for us very early on. That your merit is going to determine your value. What you can provide. It is established very early that what you can provide is what is going to determine your value. And again, on the surface, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with it. But I, it... It's different because there is nuance provided to that conversation. There's there are levels of complexity. And a nuanced conversation is easier to have because in order to derive value in that sense by being a provider, by having to provide your own merit. There are certain things. There are certain spaces, rather, that you are not going to be able to perform at the highest where you're not going to be able to provide the most merit. Because if we all as men have to do that, there are just certain spaces that can be filled and certain ones that can't because others will be able to fill them better. And so just by the sheer nature of having to provide, there is competition built in. But if as a young man, you were presented with the same reverence and the same perception that young women are provided, which is that you cannot be touched. You can do no wrong. You are faultless at all junctions simply because you are a man in this world. You can do no wrong just by being who you are and providing what you provide. You are top notch. What would that do? What would that look like? First of all, it would be heavily frowned upon. You would have no respect amongst your peers, male or female for that matter. And we've all met this person. Because these guys do exist. And they tend to be the hoiterous, the arrogant, the condescending, the ones who definitely look down their nose at others, the ones who typically do not have a lot of community amongst other men. And 
to really bring it full circle, a lot of those types of men tend to be perceived as more emasculated, flamboyant even. And so just think about that. There's this inset expectation that someone who presents themselves as that infallible figure who has no, can have no faults, who is superior in their existence simply based off of their biological traits. Most people, their mind goes to that being a woman. And if it's a man, then that man is perceived as less masculine. And so we've already been hardwired to perceive it that way. And what's another factor that you think of with a man like that? You think he's unaccountable. If all of us were to sit down and really consider an individual in our minds that fit that criteria, and I'm sure for all of us, a certain kind of guy popped up, would you trust that man? Would you be comfortable bringing sensitive information to him, being vulnerable with him, having to work with him in a certain capacity? I think most would say no. This just seems like a very unaccountable figure. And so the question is, why is it when we switch that same person out for an individual that has wider set hips, smaller shoulders, more presentable face, long hair? breast when you swap that out for the female type humanoid that now becomes a standard that is acceptable that now is an individual that is supposed to be attractive that is supposed to be presentable that is supposed to be respectable because we're keeping all of other things even all of those characteristics we're just taking them lifting them and grafting them onto the female type humanoid why is that now acceptable? Why is that now supposed to be what we herald as our mates? The most attractive partner. It isn't. And it shouldn't be. But that further underlies the point that the only basis of that perception for young women is the fact that biologically they are women. It's not based in logic and reasoning. Because we've already stated that individual is untrustworthy. That individual is not meritorious. That individual is unaccountable. That individual can be condescending. That individual can be very uncomfortable to be around because they don't feel real. They don't feel relatable because how could you believe that you are faultless? We all have things we have to work on and develop. There's a level of awareness that doesn't exist. So why is it different? Part of it is just how it's presented, but it's not that different. Well, it isn't different at all. There's just an expectation that's different. Mm. And so now we get down to where we find ourselves today. But what young men are seeing now, what they're coming to understand now, is that there is a level of social engineering that's occurring that's baseless. And so now we find ourselves in a situation where there has been an endless supply of get out of jail free cards distributed to the women of today, where anything and everything that you decide that you want to do, that you want to embody, that you want to support is given a pass. There's no onus of responsibility. 
There's no accountability. You can move however you want to move, however salacious, however demeaning, and the consequences will be small to non-existent. And it's there. We're aware of that. That is, It's been engineered in such a way that we as young men coming up have been told for so long that you have to beware the power of the woman. You have to beware the imbalance that exists in our justice system. You have to beware of the decisions that you make with a young woman that you might meet in a social setting, however that may occur. Because if things go sideways, no matter what, the responsibility will fall on you. And in a truly equal and a truly just society, that's simply not how that would work. Consequences would be doled out according to the crimes perpetrated. Public discourse would be equivalent no matter the gender of the individual who commits the crime, who does dirt. But see, there's this... There's this alternate reality, this social engineered alternate reality where you are really meant to believe that not only are you not to be held to the same standard of general welfare, the same standards of consequence as a woman in most situations, but also that you should feel fear. You should acknowledge that you are going to be the villain. You are the anti-hero in every one of these stories simply based off of the fact that you are the man in the situation. And now, young men are becoming enlightened. The dome has a crack in it, and the outside air is starting to come through. And now we're coming to that reality that, yes, you too can and shall be held to account. You too can and should withstand, withstand? You can and should withstand equivalent consequences for the dirt that you do. Because here's the thing, I think most guys would be willing to possibly entertain the argument that because women are, on average, physically less strong than men, on average, they tend to be more emotionally charged than men. On average, they tend to be smaller than men. And so when it comes to the types of things that we can withstand physically, mentally, emotionally, that perhaps they should have a lesser punishment. They should have a lesser form of recourse for that reason. Hence why there are male and female sports, because the standards and physical requirements in male sports is just a standard that women cannot achieve. So much so to the extent that the worst male player of any major team would be the best of any female team. And so that's why we have that separation to keep all things equal. But that concept doesn't apply when it comes to our social expectation. That doesn't apply when it comes to a system that's supposed to hold everyone just. That's not there. But we're just supposed to get on board and accept that and respect that. And again, to use the same example of men and women's sports, we're willing to accept that because it acknowledges that imbalance, creates that nuance, and allows the equality to exist. That's there. But now that we live in this socially engineered alternate reality where equality for women means that they want to play on the same level that men play on. They want to be the business juggernauts. They want to be the executors. They want to be the president of the country or of companies. 
They want to be the ballers, shot callers, brawlers, shot callers. They want to be the sole providers in the home. They want to be the breadwinners. They want to be the head honchos and decision makers, which is fine. If that's what you want to do on average, most people are not trying to stop you from doing that. However, there is a level of expectation and responsibility that's there if that's the levels you want to play on. And the problem is there is a cherry picking of responsibility that happens. I want to have this degree of influence and power, but I don't want to also accept the challenges and expectations that come with it. Yes, I want to be the boss bit, but I don't want to have to deal with boss bitch annoyances and minor inconveniences i still want to reap the benefits of being a woman and having a reduced degree of expectation because i'm a woman but you can't have it both ways but somehow they've engineered a reality where that is supposed to be true and that's supposed to work where men everywhere have been told listen keep doing what you're doing keep working hard to be where you want to be to get on the levels that you want to have, to have the influence that you have, but also acknowledge that there will be women in those same spaces that will not have the same level of responsibility that you do. We will not hold them to the same standards that we hold you, but we will give them equivalent power. We will give them the same level of access, the same authority, the same voting power, I mean, voting power as in how much power they have in major decisions being made, whether that be in the household, whether that be in, in business, politics, so on and so forth. We will give them equivalent voting power, but the same standards you are held to when those decisions are made and it doesn't work out or the same the same responsibility that's placed on you when the committee, the board that you sit on has a mishap and that falls back on you, we will not hold them to that same standard. And so the reality is, it's not equality. We have this conversation and we break it down this way as if we're talking about equality, that it's all about equality for women, except where is the equality? You ask for this equality, but you don't actually want what comes with it. You can't cherry pick the benefits. And so the hypocrisy of it all is you ask for so much been granted much of it and still somehow find yourselves in a position where you're ungrateful and unaware of how imbalanced the situation still is still have complaints that we don't have enough that we're still not on the same playing field that we don't get the reverence and appreciation that we so deserve well good morning welcome to the real world this is what men experience on a daily basis it's much ado about nothing. You do everything. You are expected to do everything, to provide everything, to give your all, to be a modern day Atlas and hold your world on your shoulders for very little recognition and appreciation. And you know what? We accept that. We live that reality. For the most part, most of us don't complain. We just accept that as the standard but the conversation comes up now and the discourse comes up now because we've been living that reality and, and have accepted it made it our own but somehow women have still migrated over to our camps have decided that they too want to deal with the same things that we have have the same responsibilities authority and decision making 
abilities that we have, but not have to go through the same process that we do when it comes to appreciation, when it comes to acknowledgement of achievement, when it comes to being held accountable, not just for the highlights when things go well and we do our jobs properly in whatever context that applies, but also when shit falls, when things crumble, when things are not done well, you are held to account. And women on average don't do that. They're not held to account. You're given a pass, it's brushed aside, it's passe. That's not equality, that's not fair. And so a lot of us have dismissed the notion of women's equality, women's rights, feminism, because it's hypocritical. Not because on the surface it's baseless, that it's ridiculous, that it's unnecessary. Most men don't disagree with a lot of the base points. If you want to be in these top player positions, you can do that. Most of us don't have an issue with that. Most of us don't care either way, truly. All we ask is that you don't disrupt our world. That is the reality that we live and we've been living and we've accepted it. Don't come over here in our world and change the rules, but only for you. That lack of accountability is what creates another faction in us as people. It's creating that divide. It's a major reason why we find ourselves where we are right now. It's why it's so hard to have these conversations in a substantive way and come to actual resolutions because everyone believes they're correct. Because there's this notion in the minds of women that my truth, my experience is the correct one, which in itself is an oxymoron. There is no such thing as my truth. Truth by the virtue of what it is, is objective and empirical. There is no my. My signifies that it's subjective. There is the truth, and then there is your experience in your perspective, and someone else's, but there is no my truth. But they believe that it is. They've been just as hurt and bamboozled with this social engineering as men have been. They've been given such great reverence have been told that they are infallible. You can do no wrong. You have, you were the previously oppressed. And so now you're given a free pass. You can do all wrong and we will cover for you. There's no accountability there. There's no justification there. There is no justice there. And if it's not clear as to why it's such a big deal, if you might think in your mind, I'm saying, well, you just said that that is the existence that men have accepted and you live. So what's the, what's the problem? Just keep existing how you have been. And we as women are just trying to get ours and do our own thing. Think about it like this. As black people in this same country, there was a time where enslavement of our people was the standard. That was what was socially acceptable. In the same vein that for women, not having the right to vote, black people didn't have the right to vote, not having major power in political and business positions like people didn't have that not having autonomy meaning not only not meaning not only meaning not just not what is happening not having autonomy meaning not just not being able to be an individual with your own perspectives and your own ideologies but also not being able to go out in the world alone, as if you are almost somebody else's property. 
In the case of black people, you literally were someone else's property. In the case of men, in the case of a woman, excuse me, you were an extension of your husband or your family unit. And so there was a time where that's what happened. And then through social change, we as black people were freed, quote unquote, from our bondage. We were given access to those things. We were given access to that power and influence. You were thrust out there and given the ability to do those things. But what happened was, and what still occurs to this day, is we were held to the same standards that other people who were not previously enslaved were held to. We were expected to play the game with their rules. We were expected to catch up to their campaign. That was the expectation. Although we were starting no resources, no wealth, no major defined culture of our own, no real communities, but we were still expected to get there and play by their rules and held to account the way that they are. But for women, when they found their liberation, when they were able to play in these same spaces, they receive extra considerations. They received assistance. They received a different rule set. They were told as well to catch up to the campaign, but they were given a little bit of a boost from the beginning. You think that that wouldn't frustrate people? You think that individuals wouldn't look around at that situation and feel that there is a, there is an injustice, there's an inequality there? And then think about it like this. You provide that situation that way and call it equality? Think about that. We create that system and then say this is equal and by no means am i trying to say that what happened for black people that we are equal as well there's inequality there too but at least when it comes to the standards that we were held to it was a lot more transparent it was very clear what was expected and what had to be done the pendulum didn't just swing all the way in the other direction as an overcorrection, that didn't happen. We never got our overcorrection. Women got their overcorrection. The justice system changed. Women receive custody of children majority of the time given the case, no matter what the situation is. That's an overcorrection. That's not just, that's not equal. Divorce law being what it is, women being granted percentages of estates and assets and things because women need to have that ability, that autonomy to be, to exist, is an overcorrection. That's not equal. That's not just. Women can go out and say just about whatever they want and put down the very people who they claim to be their previous oppressors who've done nothing but try to understand where they're coming from and place them in the positions that they would like to be and receive no consequences. Why would you expect men or really anyone who can see through this guise of social engineered equality not have an issue with that think about it as if we were talking about black people again to this day as a black person if you claim that a system is unequal and unjust because of the advantages that are given to white people you get vilified for that you're held to a standard you're held to account now that's not to say that it is a reasonable account that's not to say that there is a actually substantive conversation that comes out of that most of the times it's not but you're still held to account for that you can't just go out and say stuff like that even in 2022 it's still a problem no matter how true it may or may not be and you claim that these systems are systematically racist still you get held to account for that where's the proof put it on the table when women come out and say that men are still oppressing us men are still 
treating us as lesser than, are still trying to hold us back. Most people turn their heads. Oh, well, I guess we got to hear her out. What's she saying? What can we do to change that? How can we correct that? That's not equality. That's not equality. That's hypocrisy. That's social engineered nonsense. That is a lack of accountability. We didn't get those overcorrections as black people. Were some things changed on a legislative level? Yes. Were some rights provided? Sure. Were opportunities created? Some. But not to the point where as a black people, we were liberated and lionized where we were given this pass, this get out of jail free pass to just do us and figure us out and be who we want to be with no consequences and accountability. That never happened. And I'm not saying it should have happened, but it didn't. There was never a point in time where we were given the same open check for accountability or lack thereof that women have been given today. We never received that. And if we did, I would still sit here and say that that is not equality. It's hypocrisy. It is socially engineered nonsense. So I, I sympathize with the men of today who feel that, that feel frustrated, that are mildly irritated, that have, feel that they have to move on eggshells everywhere that they go with everything that they do because of a society that has been built out of a place of overcorrection to give women their equality that has at the same time seemed to erase these standards and expectations that actually create true equality. I sympathize. I understand it. And I also sympathize with the women who do feel that this blank check that they have received is also justified and that they should have been given it and that they should have the ability to use it and cash it as much as they so feel. But I think the reality is the system is broken no matter which way you look at it. That isn't justice. That isn't equality. And it isn't acceptable. A system that has only been created to give you more than what you've asked for, to serve you more than you've even justified yourself to have in an effort to evil, e evil, <laughs> Freudian slip, to even the playing field. As men, it is not acceptable for you to feel that you have to be the pillars and workforces of society to be modern day atlases and receive no appreciation, no acknowledgement, no reverence to be vilified for doing so. Balance. Everything is about balance. I think right now we just live in a topsy-turvy time where that balance for women hasn't been achieved yet. And I think what we as men, as young men, as well as some of the young women who too have had their eyes open, I think what we have to do is first we have to acknowledge the disingenuous reality that's been presented to all of us. We have to acknowledge this social engineered alternate reality where truth is not truth where reality is not reality. We have to acknowledge that right now we're living in a time where the pendulum has just swung in the other direction and hasn't yet to reach equilibrium. But what we can't do is now point the finger at the next group of people and call them the villains now. That's being reactionary. The manosphere and red pill communities, MGTOWism, that is reactionary. And it's in an effort to bring the pendulum back to the other direction because now it has swung so far in the other direction. But what will happen is there will be another overcorrection. We have to find that equilibrium. We start 
by holding everyone to account. Men are to be held accountable. Women are to be held accountable. And we have to understand and accept that there's going to be pushback. There's going to be some hard conversations. There are going to be many in denial. But we have to push forward, holding everyone to account. There are expectations that come with that lifestyle, with that level of responsibility, women, if that's where you want to be. If you want to be catered to and cared for and overall protected and play that position as a woman, then there are things you have to provide. You can't be head honcho and still want to experience housewife privileges. Holding them accountable is informing them of that reality. Holding them accountable is not just holding, is not just explaining that, but explaining why that's the case, why that isn't how that works. But I really want us to take the spite out of the conversation. I understand that hate a lot of the times comes from a lack of understanding. Hate comes from a dark place and not dark place as an evil, but dark place as in a place without light. That spite and dissidence comes from a lack of information, a lack of comprehension. So I get it. It can be and is a very frustrating time we live in. But the response, the correct response is not for us to overcreate, over react to overcorrect and to find the flaws and the chinks of the armor of the other side and hit them where it hurts the correct answer is to understand be aware be informed and make the effort to inform the others that is accountability that is accountability we need to find our equilibrium the pendulum is in the favor of the woman we have to accept it we have to accept it. We live in a very gynocentric society. That's that's the reality. You have to accept that. But you also have to understand why and how we got here. And if it's something that you genuinely want to change for the right reasons, not out of spite, not because you're not used to having your positions challenged, but because the hypocrisy and the injustice and the inequality that has been bred from this space if you want to alleviate those things for those reasons then we have to do it the right way so young men turn to your fellow young women young women turn to your fellow young men and listen listen to each other understand the other's perspective because what you will find a lot of the time is that a lot of these issues are transgender you just have to switch the pronoun This has been another episode of Menstruction. I thank each and every one of you for being here and listening for another beneficial brick. Where the men of today create the structures, the beneficial bricks for the men of tomorrow. I go by Black Velvet. Every one of them.